The Money Show. Shapeshifters. So my first question is how he got the nickname. Because Peter Lazaridis does not look like he should be called Fats. Founder of Ocean Basket. Um, Fats Lazaridis, um, can I call you Fats or do you prefer Peter? It seems rude to call somebody Fats, you especially can, when they're not. No, you can call me Fats with the greatest pleasure. Where does the name come from? Um, so when I was uh, in primary school, I was very, very fat. And I had a, bro- had a friend of mine called George. His name's George Elinas. And one day in Standard One, he decided to call me fat. And that never, names never left. Oh, kids are cruel, hey? <laughs> Those names stick. But fat's no, nice but it's a good name. I like it. it. I'm glad. You know, some kids, would not, be bro- some kids would be broken by it, but um, it, it clearly built character. A built character, yeah. And I'm not fat anymore, so thank God for that, you know. Hey, no, look, I look at but pictures until, of you online. You've got, you, you're look, in up until twenty, up until 20 years ago, I was very fat. Then I started cycling. Cycling did the job. Now, talk to me about the beginnings, please, because there's so many legends around the startups of businesses. And the legend around Ocean Basket is you and a couple of partners in a tiny little space, six tables. There may or may not have been plastic tablecloths. There was cutlery. I think you may even have provided the wine glasses. But if anybody wanted anything other than fish and chips or a bit of calamari or some prawns, they'd have to bring their own wine and their own salad. That was the, the origins of Ocean Basket, what? 30 years ago? Ocean Basket was uh, 27 years old in uh, April. 12th of April, we turned 27. Very good. So you, you're starting in what, 1995? 1995. 12th of April, we opened the store. We built it in one month, all on post-data checks. The entire store was built on loan. I went to all my friends. I bet borrowed. I told them I'm going to pay them back. And we built the store in 28 days. My younger brother built the store. His name's George. He's still with us in the company. And um, he's a founder as well, just like me. And um, the store opened, and we never looked back. What were you we doing? What were you doing before Ocean Basket? Because you weren't involved was, in the restaurant I, trade at all, were you? I've been in the restaurant business. I was in the restaurant business in 19... 19- 8081, I worked for Squires Loft in Sun City. I left, um, I left Squires. I went and uh, became a plumber for a year. I worked for the drain surgeon for Glenn Pratt. I left that and then I became a shop fitter. I took over my dad's workshop. I worked as a shop fitter for eight years. And in 1988, me and my brother started with our first restaurant called Fat Seafood Restaurant. What what was the attraction? What, what, yeah. yeah, what what was the attraction of the restaurant trade for you? What 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 appealed? I think the biggest um, appeal I had was the the connection with people. I'm a front I'm a front of house person, and my brother's a back of house person. So my brother's in the kitchens preparing the recipes and the menus, and I was in the front, worrying about the the till and worrying about the customers. I worked in the spa. I, I was out of a job. I, I was out of work, and my brother-in-law, Nicky, gave me a job in the spa. He had a spa in Grimmer Lake, and I was a receiving manager there. And one day, two and a half years later, working in the spa, my wife, Maritza, found um, a site in Menland. It was the old Biggie Bess site. 
and she phoned me and she says, there's a site in Minden, it's got tape on the wall, the store's closed down, come look at it, open a restaurant. I had a partner there, I had a friend there at the spa, his name was George, and um, his name's George Nikas, and I said to him, come, we'll open a fishmonger. He, he knew fish, I knew the game. So, went to, went to Menland, applied for the lease, saw, saw a guy that turned my life in one day, changed my life completely. His name was Yuri Hausman. I walked into his office, I said, you've got an empty store? He says, yes. I said, I'd like to take it. He says, but there's 40 people before you. I said, but I've got a, I've got a, I've got a concept. I've got something that can work. Asked me for my business plan. I said to him, I don't have one. I'm the business plan. <laughs> he says, what do you mean? I said, I'm the plan. I'm going to tell you a story. That's all I've been doing my life, telling people stories. And uh, he sat me down. He still could smoke in those days in offices. He said, do you smoke? I said, I smoke. He lit a pipe. I lit a camel plane. I spoke to him for an hour, maybe more. He said to him, I'm going to give you the saw. He said, come tomorrow. Pick up your paperwork and go to Joburg. Okay, Bazaar's had, used to have the head lease at Menland Park Shopping Center those days. I said to him, Yuri, it doesn't work like that. He says, why? He said, Yuri, by tomorrow the store's gone. Another Greek's taken. He ta- I'm going now. Took my brother, old Toyota, drove to Johannesburg in town, okay, Bazaar buildings. The officers were there. She gave me my lease, Ellen, and she says the boss that's supposed to sign his lease can't be here because um, he's gone on lunch. I said, I'm waiting. I said, what do I need? She said, you need stamps. I said, how much? She told me the amount. Went to the post box, I mean, to the post office, bought the stamps, came back. On the way back, I stopped with my lawyer, Clear. He said, Clear, you want to read this lease? I found my other buddy, Mark, another lawyer. He said, you want to read the lease? He says, Pat, whatever lease I read, you've got nothing to lose. What are they going to take? Your shoes. Sign the dotted line and all that. I waited. I signed the dotted line. I walked out the camera with the lease in my hand. The next day, we started building. 28 days later, you have six tables. 28 days later, sorry. Six tables. 28 days. Yeah, six tables. Six tables, and and the menu was sparse. I mean, there really wasn't very much on the menu. I suppose you kept it lean and mean, um, and, and very very there focused. Were five, five, five things on the menu. It was a uh, hike, kinkler, sole, calamari, prawns. That was about it. A few olives, a bit of tarama, good bread, glass of wine, and a and a and a castle light. It was the only thing you could have had. Anything else you had to bring yourself. And we told the people, please bring yourselves anything. And they used to come with their cooler boxes, their salads, their desserts. We weren't allowed desserts. Those restrictions is what created Ocean Basket. Explain That's the that. best thing that ever happened to me. I had so many restrictions. I couldn't do breakfast. I couldn't do, uh, I had to close at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. The store had to be in darkness. So 6 o'clock close, 7 o'clock out. On Sundays, I could only open until 3. On Saturdays, the same thing. 6 o'clock close, 7 o'clock the shop had to be darkness. I was allowed no cakes. I was allowed no desserts, no tea, no coffee. I was allowed a glass of wine. I was allowed a glass of light. 
And I used to use Kole Albani for my white. I used to use Kole Albani red for my red. I used to use a canter for my red. I wasn't allowed liquor. No bottles in the store. I wasn't allowed... Uh, like I couldn't make... Um, I could, the, the menu, I've still, I mean, the lease, I still got it. I couldn't make uh, pasta. I couldn't, they, they were trying to protect every other tenant in the mall. But they allowed me to sell frozen fish, fresh fish, and four tables. Because the story is wonderful. He tells the story well. I'm not surprised that Yuri capitulated and gave him the lease. Fats wasn't going to leave that office. I tell you that much. He wasn't. And uh, 27 years later, um, Ocean Basket has got 200 stores. There are from Menlin in the original store to Kazakhstan to Cyprus to Mauritius to Saudi Arabia and most recently into the United Kingdom. How did they do that? In a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Talking to Fats Lazaridis, the co-founder of Ocean Basket, we need to fast forward just a little bit, Fats, from that first store in Medlin in Pretoria. Do you still occupy that site, or have you moved on from that site? And we've moved in that, in the mall has grown over the years, and we've moved now. We had the first store, the second store, we're in the third store now. Amazing. Same entrance. Three stores later, we've been in that site 27 years. And it's, a, and it's those breaks, those, those lucky breaks, the persistence also, that focus and understanding of opportunism and understanding that you need to get a deal done, I suppose. Um, that is the difference between the person who, you know, the other 40 people in the queue and you on that day looking for that gap in Menlo. Yuri turned my life around. This man, Yuri Asman, he said to me, I'm going to give you the site. The lease was extremely expensive. 1995, the rental was 16,800 rand a month. People thought I was crazy. But, you know, I wasn't crazy because, firstly, it was God sent. And secondly, the man gave me this opportunity. And Mr. Opportunity comes along every day. It's just sometimes you just got to grab it and know what to do with it. It's like a big lotter. A lot of people win the lotto, and ten years later they got nothing. But if you win a lotto, you got to know what you you got to know what to do with it. And th- this is the journey, the journey that I've had with Ocean Basket is looking after that lotto. How long did it take you to open the second store? Did you spend years perfecting what you were doing, or did you just go hell for leather and um, and and not stop running? I had a friend of mine in Cullinan. His name's Donald Smith, and I went to Cullinan, and a late, another late friend of mine that passed away said to me, Colonnade's open. I'm going to give you a site there. He knows the center manager. So I went to Donald, and I said, I've got a site. And I took Donald. I showed him the site. I made him close his Italian restaurant down in uh, Cullinan, <laughs> and the second store was open in six months. Whoa. You then Same started, menu. Same you started everything. Ex- Exactly. You started globalizing, though. It took you a while. I think you only started really globalizing in 2012 when Grace Harding joined you. And you took quite a big, I think, strategic decision at some point to step away from the executive management of the business that you'd started and hand it over to a third party. That must have been quite a difficult thing for somebody who's passionately connected to their business, as you clearly are, to do. Okay, so I'm going to answer your question by saying the best thing I ever did in my life <laughs> was step down. you got to understand something. We're not educated people. We're just cafe keepers. And a cafe keeper can read 
and educate himself up to a point. That point was, um, that point, I reached my point in 2012 when I brought Grace along. And I said, I'll stay with you for a couple of years, two, three years, I think until 15 or 16. And 16, I, I said to her, it's your baby. We still speak regularly. We still meet once a month. It's not a problem. I still speak to her once a day. But you, uh, I, I could only do what I had to do. And that was 18 years. I gave it my hardest for 18 years and a few more years with Grace. Another four years with Grace. And that's it, you know. So you've got to know when to walk out. In this game, if you want longevity, you see Ocean Bosford's not for sale. And we want to, we, my dream, I won't be around, is to join the CNN 100-year-old club. <laughs> and there's no reason, to, and there's no reason not to do it. You know, only, the only, only people can be so destructive and destroy this brain. Only people. The brain can't destroy itself. The product is phenomenal. The pricing is good. The shops are clean. We, we, we make people laugh and smile. They're eating seafood at an affordable price. So what can go wrong? Only people can go wrong. I suppose that was, the, that, was the opportunity, that, that was the opportunity that you spotted, though, wasn't it? I mean, there were fish and chip shops, and, you know, all over the world, fish and chips is like a staple in many, many countries. And then there was, like, the Villamoras of the world. And you found we, a gap. We, we didn't, yeah, we found a gap. But we didn't create fish in a pan. Fish in a pan was created by two brothers called Nick Yorgulaki, George Lopez, the, uh, the very, very first fish in a pan store in Greyston called Fishmonger. Yes. And a few years later, when I found the opportunity, I called it Ocean Basket Fishmonger. Because Fishmonger is generic, it's like saying butcher. So we didn't create this concept. This, cre- this concept was created by two brothers and when I used to go eat there, I used to look at this concept and I used to say, this concept is a walk in the park. And that's exactly what it was, was walk in the park. And then I got the restrictions on the first store and those were the best things that ever happened to us with all those restrictions so we could focus on our food. We focused on our customer, on our product, on our food. We had such little product. And all we wanted was the best, the best, the best, the best. Never ever worried about money. Fish and chips was nine ninety nine. Never worried about money. And the money came. The more I didn't worry about money, the more the money came into the business. I worried about the product and the consumer, the customer. That's went- all that, and, still, and still to this day, I only worry about two things, the consumer. But when Grace comes to you, Grace Harding says to you, you know what we need to do? We need to take seafood to Cyprus. Now, when I last checked, Cyprus was in the middle of the Mediterranean. Cyprus is, is, is fish and, and calamari and prawn central. Yet, I think there's seven or nine outlets on Cyprus. You've expanded into Kazakhstan, into, into Mauritius and Saudi Arabia. You're now, you're opening, I think, your second store in Richmond in the United Kingdom. You opened one in Bromley fairly recently and now in Richmond in the United Kingdom. I've been on Kingston Kingdom. on sea. Kingston, Kingston, Kingston upon Thames. Upon, Kingston upon Thames. You don't even know where it is. That's how disassociated Never. you are. <laughs> I've been to the UK once in my life. 
Really? Um, this this global expansion is phenomenal, though, Fats, and again, it's spying the global gap, which is there's white table white tablecloth and silver and crystal dining for for fish and stuff, and there's fish and chips on the corner. There was really nobody inhabiting this middle road, and I think you're driving a wedge again into a global market too. We're driving a we're driving a beautiful wedge into this global market because we're giving people opportunities to eat seafood at a very affordable price, and we're still adding now all the frills. All the frills are added now. The menus have changed. They're not the menus of 27 years ago. Now you can have a starter. You can have a dessert. You know, you can have your coffee. You can have a latte. The old as it didn't exist. So we're doing the full house, but with a good value. The biggest challenge we fight is to land product so that the franchisee can still make money. So the franchisee can still have a return on investment. I don't need to make money. The franchisee must always make the money. Because the more franchisees that are making money, the happier they are and the happier we are. It's a wonderful philosophy, isn't it? I mean, you can sit with your formulas, you can sit with what is due, you can sit on the necks of your franchisees, but if, to understand that they, the more they flourish, the more you benefit is a very grown-up approach, um, which I don't know if too many day, people have that approach. One, one day a franchisee came up to me and said to me, you know, my, my gross profit is uh, whatever, 65%, and, uh, but I'm not making money. But I got a good GP. So I turned around and I said to him, listen, yeah. in a kind way, I said to him, you can't take the GP to the bank. The only thing you can take to the bank is money, is rent. So put bums on the seats and let's take rent to the bank. You can't take the GP to the bank. What a wonderful story. So wonderfully told. Fats Lazaridis, thank you for your time this evening. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy that we've connected. Fats Lazaridis, the co-founder of Ocean Basket, 27 years old, going strong and expanding. Half of its stores outside of South Africa um, with big expansion plans everywhere. Um, it really is a great, phenomenal South African success story.